0: The views expressed by your hosts, Austin and Landon, are not necessarily the views of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Backbone Planning Partners is a marketing name for registered representatives of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Now let's lean in as Austin and Landon connect with this week's Tycoons.
1: Good afternoon, Tycoons, and welcome to Tycoons of Small Biz. I am Landon Mance. I know that probably threw you off because usually Austin is doing the intro. However, he will not be joining us today. In fact, Carl, I think this is my first time ever solo hosting the show, so it, it could be a bit of a dumpster fire, but we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, no, our, our thoughts and prayers are, are out there to Austin. He's pretty under the weather at the moment, so uh, hopefully uh, he'll be on the mend here in the next, uh, in the next couple of days. But uh, nonetheless, i really, really excited for our conversation today. Um, we, we indeed have a true uh, tycoon, uh, Carl Meyer. He is the CEO and the founder of Abundant. And he's going to tell us all about this really cool software that they have rolled out. But in a nutshell, they help internal and external business advisors Guide owners and their teams to grow the companies rapidly. So, Carl, really excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you,
2: Landon. I'm really excited to be here. Um, sorry that Austin's not feeling well. Hope, hope he does get better real soon. So,
1: appreciate it. Appreciate it. Well, Austin and myself and Carl, we had a pre qualification call a long, long time ago, uh, earlier this year, I believe it was. So, Really excited to get an update from Carl on how things are going. Uh, But just before we jump into things, Carl, let me just take a second here and just uh, tell the people, in case you're listening to Tycoons for the first time, we are a live radio show that uh, maps over to a podcast, all the major podcast platforms, the next business day. We started Cinco de Mayo of last year. So we are somewhere around our 80th-ish episode. And we record every Tuesday, same time, same place out of Tempe, Arizona. And essentially, Tycoons of Small Biz is a platform uh, typically for small business owners to come on to tell us about them, their families, their upbringing, their stories, and then naturally transition into what their business does, who they serve, what impact they're making. and And identify some ways that we can help to, uh, to prop them up and and support them. Austin and I both come from long, long histories of of entrepreneurs, um, from grandparents, to parents, to siblings, to ourselves. And so uh, we, we truly believe that small businesses are the backbone of the American economy, hence uh, our firm name, Backbone Planning Partners. So All right, let me get off my soapbox. Uh, Carl, again, really excited to uh, have you here. And just before we get into talking about, um, you know, all the successes you've had in business and and talk about what you're doing now, if you would, tell us a little bit about Carl as an individual. Tell us about where you grew up, your family, where you went to school, you know, what Carl likes to do when he's not uh, building these great companies.
2: Very good. Very good. I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. My, both sides of my family were native to Cincinnati, so we'd lived there for a long time and got to ride my bike to my grandmother's house when I was a little kid and, you know, play sports in the neighborhood and pretty, you know, middle American type of uh, upbringing. And uh, we actually did have one situation that was pretty memorable for me when i believe i was about 10 years old uh, we had a chance to go to disney world and that was a a lot of fun Uh, there's a longer story there but uh, if we get a chance maybe we'll come back to that but when i was 16 the family pulled up stakes and moved to houston uh we've uh my father had a chance to uh take a new job down in uh the nice warm Texas weather here and got to see my first hurricane even before, when we were visiting before we got to move here. So that was, uh, uh eventful and, um, I really enjoyed the atmosphere in Houston overall. It's very open entrepreneurial type of environment. Uh, my dad ended up starting a business of his own, uh, after we'd been here a few years, Which tied back to my grandparents. Both my grandfathers had started a business at various times in their career. And so I went to uh, school here in Houston at Rice University, got my undergraduate degree in economics, went straight through, got my MBA in information systems and entrepreneurship, and then went into the corporate world. So that was a little bit of my kind of growing up background. Uh, I do like exercise uh I'll ride a stationary bike or uh, used long ago I actually used to re- ride a real bike a lot more a little more long trips things like that walk the dog in the morning always uh, a fun thing but uh, you know play little video games here and there as well so you know get a chance to do some fun things beyond the, the family have got a couple kids couple step kids so uh, you know a l- a a whole family thing as well so does that give you a little bit of flavor for my
1: background yeah absolutely yeah no appreciate it okay so uh you you moved out to houston and your dad was uh i'm I'm guessing just working for you know a company and then he he decided he wanted to start up his own thing what what was the first what was the business that he started so my dad
2: He came out of college and started selling industrial valves. Uh, Back in the day, they actually manufactured them in in Ohio. And so he's a sales rep for them. You know, just was a natural, you know, salesperson, really outgoing and ended up traveling all over the world for that company. Eventually, they moved production offshore and then moved corporate up to Chicago. And so the... uh, became obvious we were gonna move somewhere. If he was gonna stay with that company, we were going to Chicago and he looked around and Houston was where most of the industrial valves are sold in the US. So he said, well, might as well kind of go to the center of the universe as it were. And so we came down here and uh, things were, you know, the economy was just booming at that point. And a few years later, within about four years, there was a big oil bust. Those happen, you know, fairly regularly in the oil field. And this was a really, really big one back in the 80s. And there were no more sales jobs. The company he was with went under. And so his choices were, you know, try and find a job doing something else or start his own company. So he used some of his international contacts and
1: started selling. Cool. Very cool. Did he, he stayed in that same line of work, the, uh, valves? He, yes, he started in that, I guess when he was
2: like 22 and he's currently 84. And he told me he had, uh, three sales calls uh, to go out on this week. He's, he's on his own, uh, at this point, uh, just does some independent rep work, but it, it keeps him busy. So he's been doing it for whatever, 62 years now
1: that's that's it huh just six plus decades huh right you know (laughs) very cool man very cool i i I certainly hope that 84 that i'm i'm still doing something you know involved in uh business and seeing seeing clients and keeping keeping the uh keeping the dome sharp you know so very cool all right. So you graduated from, from college, you got your undergrad degree at Rice and you did your MBA, cut your teeth in the corporate world for a number of years. And then tell us about your entrepreneurial journey. How did you how did you decide that you were going to start, you know, a company? I know you've been involved in a lot of different startups. I I believe you you founded a couple companies yourself. So, yeah, just talk to us about, you know, maybe the first company. How did that come about? Tell us just, you know, your, your entrepreneurial background and kind of what's led you up to, uh, you know, the company that we're going to be talking about today, which is Abundant. Right.
2: Well, I guess I had been out in corporate for six, seven, eight years, something about like that. And my, my dad's company was growing and he really needed some help, particularly on the financial side. And he really kind of, he twisted my arm a little bit to, you know, say, hey, come on, you know, join the company here. We need some help, um, you know, with systems and accounting and all kinds of fun stuff to, you know, keep growing. And so I did. I joined the company, uh, left the corporate world, and I guess I was 91. Uh, I guess we ended up from the time we that I joined the company till... Three years later, we actually were on quite a growth streak. We grew the sales by five x in those three years. So it was uh, we got a lot of big contracts and had some some good fortune there. And so I stayed with the company a couple of years longer. My my actually my dad was really got to a certain point. And he's like, you know, this is as big as I really want to get it. I like it like this. Um, you know, if we moved to another level, you know, it really would have been bringing on another layer of management, really been a big transition. And, you know, I was, uh, you know, fairly young in my 30s, early 30s, and mid 30s, whatever, by then. And I was like, yeah, we, we need to keep growing, or I need to find something else. So I went out and did some entrepreneurial things, uh, started a consulting company and ended up uh, doing some projects with some other companies. Till 99, well, .com was uh, in full swing, and I started my first software company at that point. So that was my my first big adventure. And that one, as you might guess, with the .com software companies, it did great until it blew up. Uh, So we had a Second round of funding scheduled to close the month after uh, the dot-com crashed. So that didn't happen and we wrapped that company up. But early the next year started a second one uh, with a partner and we had more success with that. But eventually, you know, my partner and I had some different visions on, you know, how we price things, where we're going with the company. So I, I got bought out of that company and actually my software stayed on the, on the internet for about 15 years. So I was kind of pleased with that, but, um, moved on and took some, uh, roles with other companies, helping other companies either as a full-time or as a fraction, kind of a fractional executive with a number of companies, uh, for, you know, on and off for till, I guess about four years ago when I started abundant, which is now my third software company to found.
1: All right. Perfect. Perfect. So you you were doing the fractional stuff before it was before it was cool, is what you're saying. But yeah, you didn't we didn't
2: really have a name, you know, the fractional name for it back then. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, yeah, that's great. That's great context. And hey, by the way, I really appreciate you You know, sharing your your story, which includes some of the successes and the failures that you have had. Because, you know, we've all we've all been there, we've all done that. You know, anyone, any entrepreneur that has been involved in more than one, you know, venture will will have a similar story, but not everybody's so open to to sharing it. So certainly appreciate that. And that is great context leading into my next question, which is what is Abundant. You know, what do you guys what do you guys do? Who do you serve? And tell us about how how Abundant came about. Great, great. Abundant is fundamentally a software
2: tool, and we've wrapped some training and other you know, services around it to help support and implement that software. Of course, but the fundamental business problem that Abundant is addressing is very much the one my dad ran into what, 30 years ago, you start a company, you you know your product, you know how to sell it, and you hire a couple people, things are going great, and you hire a few more people, and fantastic, and all of a sudden, you realize that, you know, maybe you've got, who knows, 15, 20, 30 people working for you, and you're still managing things that same way you did when you had three or four people, and now you're the bottleneck, and Everybody's coming to you, which is great, but now you're indispensable. And if you get sick, wow, everything stops. In order to transition from that mode of operating to the stage where you can continue growing, you really have to do things differently. Um, What Abundant tries to do is help build the infrastructure around that entrepreneur, so that they can safely hand off some of their uh, roles, some of their duties, so that now the company can continue to grow, you can sell the company more effectively for much higher valuation. All sorts of good things start to happen. So that's really what abundance about.
1: Yeah, cool. I want let, to let's let's definitely unpack that in some more detail here in a minute. But tell us who who typically who who does your client look and, and feel like is it is it the owner of the business that would engage you or are they going to be led and guided by an advisor like yourself or somebody like you know like like me how, how, how does someone typically engage with the software
2: so there are kind of two different paths for engaging and one is absolutely through an advisor so that could be uh You know, exit planner or, uh, you know, strategy consultant, business coach, fractional CFO, COO, you know, a variety of different titles that are external to the company in an advisory role. And they're saying, these are the, the tools that you need to bring in to kind of achieve your goals, what we're working towards for you. And they help, you know, explain the value, help implement it. Those types of things. The other way is the entrepreneur, the founder of the company, uh, or perhaps somebody internal, a chief operating officer, integrator, somebody within the company says these, you know, yes, these tools make sense. I understand, you know, why we need to bring these into the company. So, you know, we've got those two different approaches to how we start working
1: with a company. Gotcha. I want to talk about all the different aspects of the, of the software I was poking around on the website, you know, before our discussion today, there's a lot, I mean, all, all the different steps are, are super valuable. And I want to understand how they are packaged together and ultimately, you know, served up to the client. But let me, let me ask you this. Uh, why, why did you, why did you start this company?
2: Good question. So a few years ago, I was kind of looking back on my career, what had gone well, what hadn't gone so well. And as I looked at the successes, there were were five different companies that had grown fairly rapidly, at least doubling sales within two years. And I looked at kind of thought about what have I done, you know, each of those companies, you know, what did the companies do? And I kind of came up with a common set of tools, that really helped change the behaviors and drive the company forward, help it grow significantly. I thought back on some advice of some IT nerd gave me at one point, which was, if you use the same spreadsheet twice, you need to put it into a database, which of course, a little bit of hyperbole there, but it's like, well, yeah, I am using spreadsheets to do all this, so, yeah, maybe putting it onto a software platform makes sense. If it's a SaaS, SaaS platform, it's more affordable for others to use. So
1: let's do it. Walk us through what Abundant is actually doing and what are the different elements of the software? Because I know there's you know, a handful of different uh, services or, or you know, programs or sections of the software itself. So Just kind of give us a brief overview of all those and how they kind of tie together. So there are six
2: different pieces to the Abundant Tools. The first piece has to do with let's get everybody going the same direction. If you're rowing the boat and we're going two different directions, you're going around in circles, right? So let's have a one-page business plan to summarize why we're here, where we're going, and how we're going to get there. So that we can tell the whole team, you know, in fairly short order, this is our plan and they can, you know, get on board, hopefully. Once we've said, okay, this is where we're going. Now we need to get everybody, you know, figured out where they fit in. So we've got a drag and drop work chart with several different views. So you can see, okay, this is where I fit in. This is who I report to. These are my duties. These are the decisions I can make. So that really helps, you know, reduce uncertainty and stress in the organization. Now we're ready to make some decisions. So let's have a structured management meeting that lets us identify opportunities and challenges, prioritize those and have discussions that we can make decisions as a top level management team. Once we've made those decisions, well, we need to execute that plan. So. That comes down to supervisors. We need to train our supervisors so that they have a method for relating to their people, for delegating, for giving feedback, assessing their team. So that's a one-on-one process that we have in the system. And if you're going to be doing things, having a repeatable business process is very valuable. So we have a system to, Kind of take inventory of what processes do we have? Do they all fit together? And who's responsible or accountable for each of those pieces? So if there's overlaps or gaps, we can find that out pretty quickly. And then the last piece is a lightweight learning management system. It's so easy to make a recording these days. And, you know, oh, great, this is how you do steps A, B, C. Fantastic. And then the next time you need it, you know, two or three months, Months down the line, you're like, where did I put that? Ah, oh well, I'll just record it again. The other option is to use the learning management system, store it there. It's easily searchable. Everybody can find it and access it. So those are the six pieces.
1: Okay. So my experience with business plans has been uh, I, I I develop a new business plan. Uh, I usually do it in, you know, in December. You know, coming up into the new year, I develop a business plan. You get, you know, jazzed. You know, you see this vision for coming into the new year. You're excited, and then you stick it in your drawer, in your desk, and yep. you don't ever see it. So, 2021, Carl, was a different year for me. If I, if if you see my eyes, I just look right above where my where my uh, camera is right now on my laptop and I'm looking right now at my business plan. And so a year ago in, in must've I don't know, December or January, I taped my business plan to the wall, which forced me to look at it. You know, I don't know, probably, I probably look at it three to five times a week, you know, I'll just glance over at it. And I can tell you it has made an, absolutely incredible difference because it, it it has been a really successful way of just of holding myself accountable to achieving the goals that I have you know set out for for our for our firm and it, it has absolutely been a game changer and as I come into the last two weeks of the year I can tell you every single goal that I set I will hit it Plus or minus, about five percent. So, uh, some of them I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll surpass. Some of them I, I might not quite hit, but I'll I'll be very very close to achieving all of them. So let's let's talk about like in your opinion, Carl, what what is the importance of a business plan, and what constitutes a like high quality business plan?
2: Right. Well, first, your experience is very consistent with my experience. It's, you know, there's two values to a business plan from the way I look at it. One is the planning process. It's the process of thinking about what I need to do for, you know, well, ultimately, wait, if I want to grow and sell the company or pass to the kids or whatever I want to do, that's my long-term goal. So how am I going to get there? Well, you start breaking it down. Well, if that's seven years from now, I want to sell it. What do I need to do in three or four years to, to be ready to reach that goal? What will I have to do in one year? So that's all part of the our one-page business plan. But we don't want to stop there. Just like you're posting it on the wall, we want to break that down into quarterly goals. And then in our weekly management meeting, we're checking in every week. How are we doing on those quarterly goals? Are we on track? If we're on track, great. If not, let's talk about that. What do we need to do to adjust? And then we can drive that all the way down into individual goals in our one-on-one tools. So that business plan is kind of the Mm -hmm. the lead dog that everything else is following along the sled line there. So yeah, if you tie it all together, and you keep some part of it always in your sight. So each week we're looking at the quarterly goal, we get to the end of the quarter, we say, okay, what are quarterly ne- goals for the next quarter and how are those gonna help us reach our annual goal? And is, you know, so, and then from time to time, we're gonna be looking at our annual goals and going, wow, we're gonna beat that one. Let's nudge it up a little bit you know let's keep adjusting keep adjusting so that's yeah the feedback part so the first part is the actual making you think about it what you plan and the other part is the feedback loop that it really allows you to have
1: right yeah we tell our clients all the time that the you know cuz you know what we do in our day jobs is you know we are we're wealth managers at our core but we specifically work with private business owners but we always tell our clients, look, the value does not come in this deliverable that we give you for this for your financial plan. The value comes in the process of actually doing planning. And by the time that we get to the end of the kind of initial process, there shouldn't be anything that we're talking about that, that jumps out at us, that surprises us that we already haven't talked in significant detail about, right? So I, I totally agree with you 100% that a, a, a lot of value actually comes in that process of just getting things out of your head wrapping your arms around them and putting them on paper uh, so that you can actually visually look down at them, hopefully more regularly, and you know just measure and track your, your progress as you, as you move forward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, the planning, just like in what you're doing, you know, with, you know, investments, retirement planning, exit planning, you know, just for the business itself that plans the first piece, which then leads to how do we organize, you know, how are we going to follow up on this? What do our weekly meetings look like? And then that further drives, you know, to, okay, we've made decisions. Now those one on ones allow us to execute there. I mean, you've got supervisors that hopefully you're growing, you know, you're bringing on new supervisors, unless they've come from someplace that already has really had a thorough training on management. You know, a lot of times they're just being promoted up and they don't have that training. So this tool, you know, is a way to, show them here's a structured way to have your one-on-one meetings, to relate to people, to follow up. Here's how to manage your, your team. And then we can track just like with the business plan, we've got to have feedback. So now are your supervisors doing the one-on-ones? Can't tell you how many times I've asked super, you know, supervisors or even higher level managers. Oh, how are those one-on-ones going? Oh, great, great. And then later you check in with one of their team members and how do you like the one-on-ones with so and so? What <laughs> one one-on-what? <laughs> and
1: yeah, they say we 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 had we had one. Is that is that a one-on-one? That was a year ago, though.
2: <laughs> exactly. So yeah, and having you know with the with the software tool, all these tool pieces are tied together, and it's not like a link in a spreadsheet that gets busted or whatever, but it's all very easily tied together. And so that's one of the powers of the software. Fundamentally, what the software is really doing is helping us build habits at all levels of the organization. It sounds like a Stephen Covey commercial or something at some point, but you know, good habits drive good results.
1: A perfect uh, segue, Carl. <laughs> We're, we'll take a quick break for a commercial and we'll just hear a quick word from our sponsors and then we'll, we'll jump right back into it. Hey there Tycoons, Austin Peterson here, co-host of Tycoons of Small Biz. If you think you have what it takes to be considered a tycoon and you're wondering how you could become a featured guest, please follow and then message us at Tycoons of Small Biz on LinkedIn. We'd love to have a conversation with you to see if it is a mutually good fit. And if so, we'll get you scheduled for an interview. If you're unsure about being a guest on our podcast, but are contemplating selling your business over the next few years, and you'd like to know what your business is worth, please also follow us and then message us on LinkedIn for your no obligation, informal valuation of your business. We look forward to hearing from you, and thanks for listening to the Tycoons of Small Biz podcast. And now, back to today's program. All right, tycoons, we're back at it with Carl Meyer. All right, Carl. So I think we've got a pretty clear understanding of, of what the software is and, and what it does. So help us draw draw a comparison between Abundant and, uh, are you familiar with EOS? Sure. sure. Yeah. So help us draw a comparison between the two and maybe how they're similar, how they're different. I think I've got this idea in my mind how they are, but I'd like to just hear it in your words. Right, right. Yes, EOS has got a good
2: system. EOS tends to be a very consultant-driven system. The EOS implementers, you know, they've got their they get their franchise from the EOS corporate, and they come in and they're selling consulting services, and that's fantastic. Um, that's a great fit for, for some companies, you know, they come in for a couple of days and do a lot of planning and then come see you every quarter. And if you've got an organization, you know, that's got the budget and it's got the infrastructure to be able to deal with that, to execute, you know, between, you know, each quarter to quarter guidance from your, you know, this big one day sessions that, you know, that's fantastic could be a really good fit for you. But what I find is there's a whole lot of companies that just aren't at that level. You know, maybe they don't have the the budget, maybe they don't have as many resources internally to be able to execute, you know, just build those habits if you will. I worked with a company that you know it was really the management team was pretty much you know the owner and his wife and they had like you know 40 people 35 40 people and they were kind of running everything themselves and you know the way the business was the industry and the so forth you know they didn't have a huge budget to spend on consulting so for them you know it was much more cost effective to get a little bit of support in implementation You know, some guidance, you know, on more like, you know, short, you know, visit, you know, an hour here, an hour there, and not having to wait a whole quarter and having the software tools help them develop those habits. So that's one difference. The other difference is also a little bit of scope, a lot of respect for the EOS system. No, don't want to say anything negative about it. Abundant just believes that there's some other things that need to be added to the, you know, what EOS or some other systems out there do. And in particular, I think the biggest one is the one-on-one system. Having one-on-one meetings, to me, you know, I see this all over the corporate world, but I don't see it nearly enough in the smaller business world. Think of the relationship you've got with your wife, your kids. If you don't talk to your wife or kids or husband or spouse or significant other for you know weeks, you know, if you hi, hi, how are you, hi, hi, and that's your only communication with them for weeks, what kind of relationship do you really have? Having a relationship with your employees obviously is different than a family relationship, generally speaking, but having some kind of relationship to build trust, you need to have they have to understand your employee has to understand that you'll they'll you'll listen to them in order for there to be trust and you need that trust for them to communicate to you when there's challenges when there's problems you know so many owners i hear say that you know employee just doesn't think like an owner you have to wonder what the relationship is you have to keep in mind that you have the ability to completely And their cash flow that supports their ability to live in a house and feed their family. And you can do that extremely quickly. One slip up by the employee, they risk some serious negative consequences. So for them to bring bad news to you really is a big deal. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of going on a little bit into the detail of one on ones. I also think deeper process tools and learning management tools also separate the abundant system from some of the other platforms out there like EOS.
1: Yeah, I agree 100%. yeah, and I will echo the comments that you made. Uh, I think EOS is is a phenomenal service, you know a, phenom- a, a, a fundamental process or a, a fundamental way of, of, of running a business with a management team. So yeah, I'm a big believer in EOS, but yes, it, it's definitely great for the right, the right company. And so that being said, you kind of have this this niche, right, uh, for the companies that you kind of work with. So talk to us about you know what what is a what's an ideal situation look like for you? Maybe from a number of employees standpoint, a revenue standpoint, single owner, multiple owner, kind of. Talk to us about what, what, what typically looks like a, a great relationship for you.
2: Some companies come in with, well, there's a few different kind of problems, I guess, that really come up. One company that we've worked with, they had four owners and they'd actually been friends before they were started the company together. But as they started the company, Things were going fine, but as they grew it, they really didn't have a mechanism to communicate between themselves and make decisions effectively. And over time, that really eventually became a problem. There they was arguing and so forth. By bringing in the abundant tools, particularly in this case, the, the structured management meetings, it really helped them to see, okay, this is how we identify issues. This is how we discuss issues. And this is how we follow up on those issues, and so that really was a big thing for them. So that company, I guess they were twenty-some people at that point. So the complexity of the company—if you've got a handful full of people, you know, three, four, five people—I mean, you just sit around a table, you look at everybody, and you work everything out. They're, the number of connections are not that great when you're at. 25 people that you need a really big table and it's just not going to happen. You just, your meetings would be incredibly long if you're trying to do it the same way. So it's the level of complexity. And for some companies, if they're growing pretty quickly at seven or eight or nine people, they may start to feel that complexity and see that, wow, if I'm adding more people as quickly as I need to add people, this is going to be a big problem. You know, on the other hand, the uh, the couple that came to us with forty people, you know, they had struggled on for like fifteen years and finally just said, you know, we've we've fought and worked hard and done everything we could, but we just can't get it above this point without some help. And so that was kind of the trigger for them. That was where they recognized we need some to do something differently. So it's sometimes just the frustration of, you know, I feel overwhelmed and overworked. You know, and that can happen at a fairly small size, but it also, you know, so five to 50 people, it probably sometimes a little bit bigger, but most of the time, 10 to 50 people, sometimes in that range is the size range that usually happens. And the key problems tend to be either arguing among the ownership or management team the frustration with all these people problems and just feeling overwhelmed or in some cases it's just you know i can't grow anymore i've hit the ceiling i had uh two uh, two people their partners you know their company had been flat revenues for three years in a row and they just couldn't figure it out and you know it took a while but and you know, I guess it took six months to make some changes. But then, over the next eighteen months, they doubled their sales. So, those are some of the situations. Does that give you a flavor?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's great. You know, I, I would even go out on a limb here a bit, and maybe you agree or disagree with this. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts. I would go out on a limb here and say, Carl, that for even for somebody that maybe is one to two years into business, maybe they only, maybe they're a solo or maybe they've got a really small team like us, that they would get extreme value from this. And I'll, I'll tell you my reasoning behind saying that is that if you're doing a business plan every year and you have a vision to, to rapidly grow your company you know, over the course of, let's say, the next three to 10 years, but maybe right now you're, you're really small or brand new, but you're starting to get some traction. I think some, I, I think this kind of a, a system, this kind of software would be extremely valuable because it allows you to be proactive in your approach to growing as opposed to getting to that point where you are burnt out, you're overwhelmed, you don't know what to do, you've hit this ceiling, you know, um, you're you're frustrated. So, this might be an opportunity for for people to proactively start to get into these habits to be thinking about their business more like a business, right than more of a you know a, a, a job or a, a hobby or something like that. but uh, that that was just something that kind of jumped out at me for people that really want to be proactive and get this these important things in place before, you know, they get to this, uh, you know, much uh, larger revenue, much more, you know, um, larger employee, you know, based uh, situations. Right, right.
2: That's a really good observation, Landon. The faster you're going to grow, the bigger your, your plans, the more important building this infrastructure early is it's, I mean, you picture the rocket going up in the sky, just a little bit off at the early stage is going to send you way off further down the line, you know? So if you're a tech company with big plans or you're just a, you know, a service company or manufacturer that, Hey, we've got, we've got a great idea and we think we can grow this thing. You know, the sooner you develop those good habits, even better if we've got the software to help train the new people we bring on in those habits it's a really it's a really small investment that can pay off big
1: yeah agreed 100% mm-hmm. so speaking of of the investment that clients have to make to take advantage of your of your software i was looking at and it looks like you guys have three different uh pricing modules can you just kind of just talk to us about those real quick Right. And we're right about at
2: year end. So January 1 of 2022, we're going to expand the options a little bit. But right now on our website, the most basic level is a plan that allows you to have your management team. So that would be like your CEO, your head of accounting, operations and sales maybe a business advisor one or two others all they're all included in that and full access to the full suite of tools for $119 a month so incredibly affordable on top of that we also are rolling out some packages that provide support training setup to help you quickly get up to speed on these systems in addition we do have our abundant training course that's out there as well and so that's that's actually a free course so you can access that. We also have a free assessment that helps people decide kind of shows them this is what the points in your current organization where you could scale up more quickly and so we we do that assessment with one of our team members with uh with companies that are interested. But then the the second tier of the software itself is if you wanna move beyond that seven people, you are able to go up to a license that would allow your whole team, up to 50 people, access the uh, procedures, the training modules, view access to your business plan, view access, typically view access to your org chart. Your supervisors can use the one-on-one tools and that's $357 a month. Again, for you know a team that size for that full suite of products extremely affordable so
1: yeah undoubtedly, undoubtedly um yeah, when you when you you know you look at something like you know like an eos i because i I've met with an implementer, phenomenal lady um, out of las vegas eOS is you know that's a fifty thousand dollar investment you know, over the course of, you know, 18 or 24 months. So this is significantly, uh, significantly more affordable. And I think any small business should look at something like this as a cost, right? It is truly an investment in your, in the longevity and the growth of your business. And you made a comment earlier and, you know, you said uh, the business owner said, oh, well, they just don't think like an owner. And it's like, well, have you ever have you ever coached or taught them how to think like an owner? No, you probably haven't. Well, this, this is a great solution to getting your employees to be thinking like an owner.
2: Yes. You know, do
1: they understand your mission?
2: Do they understand your values? I mean, values are how we as humans make decisions. You know, if we only looked at the, you know, bottom line, financial statement impact we'd never hold a door open for anybody we'd never pick up a piece of trash you know we'd never let anybody cut in line in front of us and we do so that ties back to your values so by doing that business plan thinking about your values communicating it to your team using it in your assessments you can really transform some results really quickly just with with those few things
1: so. I agree. I agree 100%. All right. So Carl, kind of pushing up against time here, but I want to ask you, what, what what's your long-term vision for Abundant? We really are thrilled to see
2: companies continue to grow. In my mind, that's a really important part, not just of the U.S. or world economy, but that also impacts human beings. It's people's stress, both as a business owner or business employee. And so, you know, we really want to have as many people as possible get the benefit of these type of tools. And that's why we, you know, the course is free. So you can, you know, go watch the course and learn all about it and exactly what the tools do for free. So we really believe that, you know, that's kind of our mission is helping people grow their companies and run successful companies for the benefit of everybody involved.
1: Yeah. Phenomenal. Well like I said I was poking around on the website I saw you guys offer a free trial I believe I think it said 14 days you've got the free course to educate you know people on uh, on all these different components of your uh, of your process so I would highly encourage anybody that is listening you know to go out Take the free course. I think it said it was about one to two hours worth of, of videos, if I remember correctly. Um, I am I'm gonna do it hundred uh, percent. I think I'm also gonna sign up for the free trial and check it out because we're you know, we're we're talking to our business partner clients about this kind of stuff all the time. And the reality is, in my experience, Carl, and you know, between Austin and I, we serve a lot of very successful. Small business owners, but in my experience, very very few business owners have access and regularly track and measure this stuff that you guys um, help people do so well,
2: we are really excited about the opportunity to to help people that want to improve their company. I know there's a lot of them out there, and so we'll be happy to do
1: you know what we can to be helpful yeah. Absolutely. All right, Carl, what's the best way for people to either track you down as an individual to have a conversation with you or how do, they, uh, how do they track down Abundant online? The
2: Abundant website is an excellent resource at www.abundant.com. And the course is available at Abundant.co. You can find Abundant on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, my LinkedIn profile is available online. If you search for Carl Meyer and Abundant, I think you'll find me pretty quickly. So we'd love to hear from you and follow us on any on your favorite social media.
1: Fantastic, Well, Carl. Really, really enjoyed the conversation. We love we love what you're doing. We look forward to uh, following your continued success. And uh, I would say. Uh, December, I think is a great time to be having this discussion as people are thinking about their strategic planning, their business planning, their vision, their goals. So anybody that's listening, go go check out Abundant.com, check out what they're offering. I think it's a really great service at an extremely affordable price. So Carl, uh, thank you for sharing all this with us today. And uh, we look forward to connecting with you again sometime real soon. Thanks, Landon. You're welcome.
0: You've been listening to Tycoons of Small Biz, proudly hosted by Austin Peterson and Landon Mance. Austin and Landon are comprehensive financial planning professionals specializing in financial, estate, and succession planning for small business owners.